Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. This is episode 58, and um, today our episode is kind of dedicated to uh, aircraft. But before we begin, uh, I'm here with my buddy, Kushro, and I am Kerwin, and um, today is episode dedicated to the 737 MAX. And it's dedicated because yesterday was the first U.S. flight. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but Krisha, what, what do you have as your background today? Um, again, I have, I'm on this BOAC kick. And I have uh, the DC-10, an aircraft that I grew up with, sort of, yeah. in the BOAC livery. That's that I cool. thought looked so incredibly smart. It does. Did you ever fly one? No, I did not. It was well uh, before my time. <laughs> so this is what it looks like a caravel, right? Except with foreign. Not exactly, no. Yeah. It looks like the Illusion 62. Oh, okay. Because the caravel, the engines are on the wing, right? No, on the tail. Oh, like the a DC-9. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but but the horizontal it... stabilizer is midway uh, up it's though. Midway. That's why. That's the difference. Yeah. So you know it's fun with all these air- aircraft manufacturers, right? You know, they were spying on each other the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but the Caravel had a very 787 sort of nose. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. But when you see these planes, you're like, mm, that looks... It's like with cars. We were saying the other day that the cars look very similar. Yeah. Um, and and the teardrop windows. Exactly. So in the Caravel. Espionage was, was still abound way back, way back then. Uh, that's why when you visit the plants nowadays, like you know, um, they don't allow you to see certain things um, because you don't know who the espionage are. <laughs> and and every, in every industry, excuse me, there is espionage, so it's quite interesting. Um, and in honor of the 737 Maxes, I've got a string of uh, 737 Max, which is actually on a closed runway at uh, a paint field. And I think we can see there's like British Airways, there's that, that smart, smart wings. Ukraine uh, and SpiceJet. And Sp- yeah, there we go. So we have quite a- And WestJet. Yeah, and there's a bunch of them that just tail the tail turn this way. But now um, the, the cool thing is that the, seven thir- the 737 MAX is flying again. And uh, Kusher is gonna kick that off and tell us what's going on with the 737 Max. And uh, is it the Max or is it the, is it the 737-89? Everyone is saying Max. <laughs> and yet I'm sure Boeing is like clinching their teeth and saying, dash eight, dash eight. But uh, um, before we give all credit to American, yes. our goal in South America, in Brazil, was the first to start on the 9th when very quietly under the radar, they started Sao Paulo, uh, Porto Alegre. Okay. Which is about an hour and a half flight. Yeah. I've been to Porto Alegre. On goal, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so they've had no issues. Um, they just gave it the that ceremonial water salute mm-hmm. at uh, Sao Paulo and uh, uh, Porto Alegre. And then Aeromexico has restarted as well, very quietly under the radar. Yeah. But um, American um, in November, or was it December? I forget now. Might have been uh, no, on this early December, they yeah. started 
uh, this PR campaign of flying um, their own staff and some invited guests on a Dallas to Tulsa routes. Just I didn't to... get an invite, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, thank you, America. We don't know the right people. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I don't, didn't expect one, but you, I would have thought they would have I know. Been, but but um, so yeah, all that went smoothly. And then yesterday, Americans started scheduled service between Miami and New York, LaGuardia. Mm. One flight a day, I believe until the 6th of January. Okay. And I actually tracked it yesterday and today. Mm -hmm. um, and luckily, no delays, no uh, drama at all. It's going on just as planned. And I'm betting Boeing is breathing a sigh of relief. The less attention this aircraft gets, the better. Well, it, it, it's, so, it's, it's been in the news all over the place. So. Yes, it has. <laughs> it's got this nasty reputation. Uh, and yes, they're still referring it, referring to it as the Max, because I guess Max is a catchy name, and the Dash Eight just doesn't sound very, I don't yeah, know, it, marketable. It sounds, maybe. Yeah, it does sound weird. And I saw um, the Zach Zach Griff from the um, uh, the Point Sky did uh, oh. a little thing where he flew on the flight from Laguardia to Miami, and then he turned around and flew back. I'm sorry, Miami okay. to Laguardia. And then he turned around and yeah. flew back from LaGuardia to, um, to Miami. And apparently uh, the flight going up looks like it was a baby about half full and coming back down that it was, it was chock-a-block, mm. it was full. Um, and I think the president of American flew on, yeah. the, on the first flight. Yeah. So that was good. And people, people were scared going down because they didn't know that it was the max. And that's the thing that we were talking about that nobody cares. Um, people just going to book it because it's convenient yeah. and uh, well, actually one because it's cheap it's and cheap. yeah it's cheap and Probably. because it's convenient yeah so people don't yep. really people won't really care um, no. and I was making a big fuss about it I mean you know what happened was a really egregious thing but um, it's, it's, it's probably the safest plane out there now right mm. Air Canada, I believe, starts next month. Yeah. United starts in Feb, early Feb, and Southwest starts, I think, March or April. They yeah. haven't announced a definite date yet. Gotcha. So, and um, and the hope is that Boeing has learned. Um, yes, like forever. On this, not to cut cut costs. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you you can do cost cutting, but don't cost cut so it really kills the product. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And the safety aspect of it. They thought they'd save money by having pilots train um, without any formal procedure and also introducing the system, this MCAS system, without informing the, the crew. I, I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't get it either. And, and you know what I think with uh, so, whenever aviation accidents happen, it, it's a, a compendium of errors, right? Because yep. I think when they gave the stuff to the airline, they certain things were presented as optional and of yeah. course if someone tells you it's optional and you want to try to save money which everybody is trying to do um it, if it's optional then it means i don't need it and apparently the optional stuff was not optional yep um, so. because we have to remember boeing never really wanted to make this aircraft but airbus forced their hand i know we keep mentioning that but now that they've yeah. made it they have to like they can't cut corners right you can't you can't, and especially because now as they go ahead and do the 
the what the seven seven X program that is right nine that has to go flawlessly. Yeah, yeah, they need to. And uh, and I I saw something where some orders were pushed um, and all that way but, back. Yeah, way back. But they definitely have to make sure that going forward, because you can, this can't happen again. No, you know. Um, no. So. But no, but Boeing. I re, I was at a, I was at a webinar actually, a very interesting one about the position that Boeing finds itself in, because they really cannot design a new narrow body now, and they desperately need to, because they're on the cusp of this, um, um, you know, using regular jet fuel versus the next generation of propulsion, like be it electric or hydrogen. Right. So the technology doesn't exist yet. So before they commit to uh, conventional um, jet fuel engines, they have to consider the future. Hmm. Because the 737 is what, almost 50 years old? Uh, yeah. It's so this is a really, really long-term <laughs> project. So they cannot invest a lot of money in a brand new design only to have it go out of... Uh, Vogue, if you will, in the next 15 or 20 years, when these alternative uh, propulsion systems will come into uh, more general use. But, but then can't the 737, uh, I guess, Max, or whatever they want to call it, can't that fill the gaps that they have right now? Because they have three different... They have no choice, right? Yeah. They have three but it's still days. an aging design. It is remember? an aging because design. Because it's so low to the ground. The engines right. cannot be made much bigger. Right. So now with the Dash 10 that is supposed to come out next year or in 2022, they're actually thinking about raising the aircraft um, with a tricky set of uh, engineering principles that make the aircraft longer, uh, the wheels longer um, when they're retracted, like put in the extended position. Mm -hmm. And then it collapses um, after takeoff. Mm. More, you take into account the larger engines. Yeah, but more space for errors. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, so because the 321neo uh, and the uh, LR and the XLR are basically taking over the market for the mid-engine, mid um uh, what is the uh, medium range? Uh, medium, medium size. Yeah. Medium haul. From the 757. Yeah. So, um, and Boeing cannot afford to lose that. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. I mean. Yep. Um, the 757, I mean, that's such a remarkable machine. And it's been out there for a long time. Yeah. 70s, oh, since the 70s, right? Yeah. It's raining here now, by the way. Okay. Yeah, we're having um, some little thunderstorm um, in the in the area. So, but, so yeah, I hope this rehabilitation of the seven three seven Max goes smoothly. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and <laughs> I mean, we have we have three airlines using it now, and um, people. People won't care. I mean, I, no after one, a while, yeah. Yeah, even now, no one books by aircraft because I think one of the things that Zach was saying, he he quoted that somebody said, "Oh, if I knew it was a seven thirty-seven Max, I wouldn't have booked it. They would have booked something else." No, you wouldn't, because the <laughs> price the price was good. 
and you needed to get where you were going. The fact that that flat was full actually surprises me, but um, I guess it's because it's, it's the snowbirds. So yeah. it, it's an American made no attempt to hide the, the fact that it was a man. Um, yeah, well, somebody was saying that they're not told. I'm like, of course you're told. Yeah. I, whenever you book the thing, that's one of the DOT requirements that the aircraft type be displayed. Yeah. You just chose not to see it. Um, but it's still a lot of opposition from the victims of the Ethiopian and Lion Air crashes yeah. who say this aircraft is not safe. I don't really blame them entirely because right. this was so preventable. Yeah, they're, they're but, but, but you know, um, so it, it brings us to the whole aviation thing, right? Um, sadly, there have been many airplanes that um, have uh, crashed and um, we're still flying the types yep. today. Um, Look at the 320 on its maiden flight, right? right? Maiden flight. Glided into the forests and near Toulouse. Exactly. So, um, I mean, the DC-10 is no longer flying, but it had its share issue. Yep. Um, the 747s oh, have seven. right. Um, the the triple sevens. Um, we've it was lost. pretty smooth, right? Uh, yeah, but they've had a control flight into terrain. A triple seven. Yeah, in uh, I think San none San due to San Francisco. Oh, that was yeah, but that it was, was a crew Asiana. It, it was uh, Asiana flying into the ground. It's all it, been crew related. It's all been crew, but yeah, but it's it's yeah. still an accident, right? Yes, so, like the BA one at Heathrow also, yeah. BA triple seven, where it, they calculated in pounds instead of kilos or something yep. like that. And I think um, one of the US airlines, when they first got the airplane, they had the, the weights and measures was off. And I think they put liters instead of gallons of oil in it. And uh, Air Canada, wasn't it, was it that, called Gimli? Lider or something like that. The seven six seven was no no no. This was a seven. This is a triple seven flying to okay. Japan from the U.S. and they had to land. This was on an early flight. They had to land um, before they got there because they had the wrong wrong amount of oil. Okay, it. it basically was running out of oil. The triple um, seven has been remarkable though. It has Not been one. It has been remarkable. Yeah, and yeah, the seven seven eight seven. We we've had a few with uh, yeah. fire fires at the gate. Um, you know, so that, that's the thing with aviation, right? I mean, the, air, the airplanes do have issues and, and I guess we don't go back and retrace it to say, well, why did this happen, right? Is it something that happened in manufacturing or is it just human error? But these uh, things are so complex and so incredible. They're very complex. Because every time I go into so, the cockpit, I'm like, do we need all those switches? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And how do you keep track of them? Exactly. All it's those like, dials. And like, um, come up. Well, uh, Krishna, we don't use dials anymore. <laughs> yeah, some of them do, right? Some I know they them. still do because they're horizontal. Um, what do you call it now? The, uh, Are they still called? They're not called displays. Displays, yes. They're not displays. Because it's, it's all digital now, right? It doesn't have yeah. the, uh, the thing in it anymore. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, well, at least we don't have the flight engineer anymore, right? The computer right. is the flight engineer now. Um, yeah, so how do you keep track of all those switches above the, the pilots? And yeah, the, it's, it's uh, nuts. 
post offices heads. Yeah, now it's really raining hard, Abby. And if you can hear okay. the in the background. Uh, when we, when we, did you see Airplane? Did you watch Airplane? Yes. The and, Leslie um, Nielsen, Leslie is that his Nielsen name? And Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar. And I don't know who the guy was who was the, uh, the first officer, or the, I guess the, yeah. the third officer because he was the engineer, the flight engineer. Because he was by his console, and uh, that that was kind of funny movie, but you know it gives so, an idea of where where stuff is coming from. All right, right. So the max is back. The max is back, and um, so who's the first person who's getting a max now? Because well, it was United last week. Back there, there's a whole bunch of maxes to be delivered. <laughs> United, and I think they've taken delivery of a couple. Since okay. the plane was ungrounded, yeah, uh, but you know, United was the first, really. And aren't they so why aren't they putting those into service? They used to fly them from Houston to Florida and Houston yeah. to the West Coast. Yeah, and Alaska. February seventh, I believe, but they haven't announced where they're going to base them. Yeah, interesting. So, um, so I don't know. Maybe they're taking a more cautious approach. Probably, but I'd be interested to see what they do. Um, to familiarize passengers with it. Like, will they do what American did and first conduct this PR campaign? Just fly or will plane. they just unceremoniously introduce it? Because as you can see, people don't care. Right. <laughs> After yesterday, no one's gonna care. No one's gonna care. But uh, there better not be a single problem, even yeah. though this Air Canada 737 Max that was being moved from storage to was it Montreal or Vancouver at this I engine issue? Yeah. But I don't think that's an aircraft problem. It's probably it's, something that wasn't done properly after the storage. Exactly, exactly. Because you know what it is now? Everyone's an expert now, right? Yep. And as soon as something, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, who are you? And where did you just come from? You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but we get yep. that all the time in the, in the industry. Um, so it's, it's good news to hear about the Max. And you know what's funny? On the Boeing website, it still says Max. But it, it does, I know. It also says 737-7-8-9-10. So it's like, can you make up your mind? What do you want? <laughs> now, In fact, at the American departure gate in Miami yesterday, they had 730, Boeing 737-8 Max. Ah, that's funny. And I did oh. uh, from Zach's video. He did show that they, they, um, they, uh, what you call it? Um, the safety, the safety brochure. car. Just safety said, car. Uh, just said seven thirty-seven. That's so. I mean, I, 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 I get it. I totally get it because you know there are people who are scared to fly in it, but clearly not yesterday because the flight was full. <laughs> yeah. And it was COVID, so yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people, people don't. I don't think people really, 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 really cares about it. Um, so, if you guys have any thoughts about the seven thirty-seven, uh, all right, we're gonna call it the official name. That seven eight nine or, or the new dash ten. Uh, feel free to email me at feedback at passrider.com, or um, just leave a comment on uh, on this post. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, we got one more. Is that all the news we have in the max? Yes. Okay, look, I called it a max again. 
<laughs> so now we have, uh, I guess we need, um, is it China and Europe and Asia to start? And Australia. On Australia to start mm -hmm. um, flying again. Well, Australia is probably going to be a while, right? Um, not necessarily. Because who? who China is the big one, though. Because yeah. they have so many airlines that fly it. That's right. And I, we keep omitting Africa. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. Because saying. Ethiopian flies Ethiopian. it. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if there are any other carriers in Africa. I'm sure there are. Um, so, no. I mean, because the big ones in Africa. And the Middle is, East. Is, who's that? Fly Dubai? Fly Dubai. They have a large, large order. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to maybe ever you know you know how it is everyone is waiting for the Americans to do something yeah. right. I think Europe is also next month, I yeah. believe. Okay, so we'll definitely see how it goes. Um, speaking of that, there was a story, and I don't know we, if we have that queued up probably for next week or something. But um, did you hear about the flight that the flight from uh, uh, Punta Delgado to Bermuda? No. Okay, so we'll we'll have to uh, cue that story up. But no, briefly, I didn't know about that. But briefly, um, so Azores Airlines, uh, uh -huh. which is based in Azores, which is a part of Portugal, a group of islands just outside of, of, of Portugal, and it's basically just a group of islands sitting in the Atlantic. Well, they launched a new flight uh, to go from Punta Delgada, which is in the Azores, to Bermuda. Uh, very odd. It is very odd. Right? It's like from warm to warm. And so the, the argument is, is that a transatlantic flight? <laughs> and then the other question was... No, I don't think so at all. It's not, right? It's not a transatlantic flight because um, you haven't crossed the Atlantic. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so people are saying it's an intra-Atlantic flight. <laughs> So um, there are, because they got these new, uh, the 321 Neo yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. And so, because uh, when I flew them, it was, uh, oh God, what was it? A 330? Oh, oh, it was an A300. It might've been the 300 that I flew them. Because I flew them from Boston to, um, hmm. I think it was a 300 because they had the 330, but I didn't fly. It wasn't the day. It was a 310. 310, thank you. Yeah. It's only 300. Nobody flies at 300 anymore. It was a three. Iran does. I oh, think Iran. We have to go find it at some point, right? <laughs> so um, that it was the 310 that they did fly from Boston to the Azores. Yeah. And then when I landed, I saw the 330 because they had just gotten the 330, which mm. was supposed to replace it. It used to be SATA. Didn't it, it used, used to be SATA. SATA. When, yeah. I, when I flew them, it was SATA. Okay. They were just because the new plane had the new livery and the new name. Yeah. Of the old plane still had the uh, the other one, and um, so, the, so now they're going to do that little trans intra Atlantic uh, route. But, I wonder but, how long that'll last. Yeah, I know because I'm thinking. I mean, it's I just don't of, see a market between those two. I I don't yeah. see it either. But it somebody in Bermuda, they're like, "Well, we're from Bermuda and we want to visit new places." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you went to all two thousand people, <laughs> or however many." Yes, yeah, so I don't see the. I don't see why they did that. More. I mean, I guess if Bermudians are going to Europe, how many are there? And I did British have a slice of Bermuda, don't they? Yeah. So I don't know anymore. 
Yeah, right. So if if they can get to straight to Europe, they can get to Portugal or the Azores really easily. I I don't know. I don't know, but I'm so, sure somebody looked at the market and figured that that's a cool thing to do. Um, all right, so we're done. We're done, we're done with aircraft. Sorry, I I stuck that one in there. Uh, no, we're not done with aircraft. Um, we have one more because um, the MC-21 built by the Russians are flying again. What's going on? So this is a, one of those planes that are fortunately or otherwise will probably never have a market outside the Russian and uh, CIS states. Yeah. Because this is um, A320 sized aircraft. Uh, manufactured by Irkut uh, Corporation that is part of the Rostec, um, the Russian Aerospace and Defense Conglomerate. Ah, okay. Um, it was supposed to be um, like a collaboration between Russian and Western companies to make Russian-built aircraft like the Sukhoi SSJ more marketable, but uh, as the SSJ proved, the Russian manufacturing and uh, infrastructure is just not ready to go, uh, as they say, prime time. So after Russia invaded Ukraine, the West and the US in particular imposed all, the, all these sanctions on Russia. And Part of those sanctions involved the use of these composite parts that were on the wings of this MC-21 aircraft. So um, it was supposed to be delivered to airlines in 2019, but because they couldn't really source all their uh, requirements from the West, they had to develop them indigenously within Russia or um, client states or whatever. So, um, it used to fly with the, the, what was previously the GTF engine, the geared turbofan, which has now been rebadged as the Bratton Whitney 1400, which is on the 220, the 320, and the Embraer E2 series of aircraft. Oh, okay. So this one um, is actually with Russian D, BD-14 engines. And the reason I brought this up is that now they have um, two types of MC-21s, one with the Bratton Whitney engine and one with the Russian engine. And it's sort of a unique um, arrangement, I think, because this uh, PD-14 powered aircraft is completely Russian. So they have no problems of, you know, their parts being held up or whatever. But again, after the SSJ debacle and Interjet's horrible experience, which is one of the only Western carriers to fly it. Yeah. Uh, I don't hold out much hope for this aircraft outside the Russian um, aviation industry, uh, but time will tell, of course. Yeah, exactly. And maybe, so, they, maybe they have enough um, I guess enough Russia companies or companies who... Well, they'll uh, be made to buy it, just like a subsequent story <laughs> with the be, Chinese. They'll be made to buy it. But yeah, so you're supporting, right? So... Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the quoting be... is a very loose term. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, that's that's too funny. That'd be that'd be interesting. Um, it, it it's because I mean basically we have uh, what well, so there's Russian aviation, Chinese aviation, Brazilian, Brazilian EU, and the US is pretty much what it is. But it's and Canada. Canada. And well, well, Canada yeah. not so much anymore. Yeah, because the Bombardier stuff has kind of moved out of there. Yeah. Um, but the majority is really. Um, USEU. USEU, yeah. I, I, someone the other day didn't realize that. I was talking to them and they didn't realize Brazil made airplanes. They're like, really? What did they make? I'm like, really? The ones you fly in all the time because they live in a market that the Embraer flies. All right, that's a cool story, Kisho. Uh, all right, we're, we're jumping to airlines and I have no idea how much time because I forgot to look at the clock when we started. <laughs> I think it's about 30 minutes. Uh, well, you know what? We should, we should just make that an episode and then do airlines. Because, we haven't talked about the 787. Uh, did I miss the 787 piece? Uh, apparently. Uh, this is the latest. Oh, oh yes. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. What's... Uh, uh, yes. I'm sorry about that. Okay. So then we so then we'll definitely... Uh, that, that's the last aircraft one we had, yes. right? Yes. All right, cool. So then we can we can cut it at that. Um, yeah. So so what's wrong with the seven eight seven again? <laughs> so on December fourth, Boeing made this announcement that um, they've been having these issues where all these composite parts, when they are joined together, yeah. let me back up a little bit. This is uh, an aircraft that is nothing short of revolutionary because it really has very little aluminum in the structure mm -hmm. uh, it's all composite and uh, putting these parts together is very dissimilar from when you put a regular metal structure together so um, in the joining process they've had a lot of parts that were not smooth in terms of the composite surface yeah so that creates turbulence um, in the air which causes premature fatigue. So they discovered this um, earlier this year that when they assembled the tail cone into the main fuselage of the 787, yeah. there were issues there. Then they found out that there were issues with the horizontal stabilizer when they were attached to the fuselage. And then a third time they discovered that where the tail, the vertical tail was attached, yeah. There was another issue there. There were these microscopic gaps that you really cannot see with the eye. But they could contribute to premature wear and, and fatigue of the aircraft's skin. So now they've discovered that this sort of joining, I don't want to call it an error, but it's a manufacturing defect. It's not just concentrated in the tail of the aircraft, but all through the fuselage of the plane. Yeah. 787. Now they haven't special they haven't specified whether it's the dash eight, the dash nine, or the dash ten, but they say it's in newer builds. And most of those have been dash eight, nines and dash tens. Yeah, interesting. So um, again, it's not life-threatening, but Boeing has had to go back and inspect and fix these defects. And the consequence of that was that in November of 2020, 
um, they had no deliveries of the 787, which was the first month since 2013 where Boeing did not deliver a 789, 787 aircraft. Oh, wow. so, and the reason for that was because they were a little bit backlogged in trying to fix and inspect this, inspect and fix this issue with the plane. So, of course, so now the FAA, uh, which has come under severe criticism for turning essentially a blind eye to Boeing's 737 MAX debacle, they're going through things with, as they say, a fine-tooth comb, and uh, they're insisting on certain requirements be met before uh, things return to normal, which is not a bad thing, actually. So the production has been reduced to um, 10 a month um, at Boeing, but they have about 53 of these aircraft that have been built but undelivered because they still need to undergo inspection. And it's going to be reduced to five a month starting in May next year when um, if all goes according to plan, all production will shift from Seattle to um, Charleston in South Carolina. Yeah, which I think is a really bad move that Boeing is making. This is one of those cost-cutting crap that they're doing. Yeah, you know, it makes sense though Mm. because uh, they consolidate all of the 787 production in one location. But um, it's a huge expansion of uh, capacity that I would imagine is needed. Yeah, and they shouldn't have moved in the first place. So that was well, it. Yeah. Because you know what, you know what it is? It's like you're you you saw the the the, the only reason, and I'm speaking of this from somebody who is at the outside looking in, I'm thinking the only reason for them to move from Everett to Charleston is to save money. Non-union labor. Yeah, that that was it. And so it's like um, so you're, you're, you're basically killing a community that's depended on you for all these years and help you to become who you are. And now you're like, oh, we're leaving. And I, I, you know, I mean, of course, there's more to it than all that, right? Yeah. But Boeing got a lot of flack for that, actually. Well, of course. You're leaving because a community behind. They're closing the 747 assembly. Yeah. Nine. And, and you knew uh, that was going to happen anyway because yeah. it's an agent airplane that you're shutting down and then you still decide to move this out. So I'm guessing that whatever, they, whatever they're going to build to replace the 737 slash 757 will be in... Right. But that's still years and years and yeah. years away. Yeah, it's oh. just... And, and, and the thing too, Kersho, is that you lose a lot of talent. Yep. Right? And so... Yep. And you're still trying to keep the same production schedule somewhat. And you've lost a lot of the, the really good talent of you know, the people who know how to build airplanes hmm. and who can actually pass that knowledge on to the new people. And so you can, you can have that. And so, um, you know, having been in corporate life, I, I know that we don't, they make a lot of decisions just based on, on immediate gains. Yeah, short-term gains. Short-term gains. Yep. And it, and, it, and it costs you to maintain that. Because normally what happens is that you have a whole bunch of customer service issues. And those customer service issues cost you a lot of money in the long They run. already have, right? Because several airlines have refused to accept delivery of 787s from Charleston, 
which yeah. until now has been the dash 10, like Qatar, uh-huh. made such a loud noise about it. And, and because they discovered it, trash and garbage in the aircraft, which is really unforgivable. Right, it is unforgivable. But, and, you, and you know that if you had a guy or a lady who had been working for Boeing forever, <clears throat> they don't make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. You know, so it's um, because, uh, you know, the, the younger generation or the newer generation, they don't really care. <laughs> uh, they just don't. You're going to get flack for that. That's okay. But it's true. It's it true. Give me as much flack. They don't really care. Um, yep. There's no loyalty, there as we said zero, before. There is zero loyalty. And they're like, eh. You know, it's like they're on the phone half of the time. It's like, I'm paying you to fix my plane. Get off the damn phone. You know, so. <laughs> so. You know, we don't, we don't want another Max happening to the 787. So they need to get it together. That's their cash cow currently. It's really their only source of income. Yeah, but they need to get it together. So, well, but but I mean, but they, they do have a big defense. Well, on the commercial side, right? If, no, on the commercial side. Yeah, because the 737 yeah. is still bogged down. They've got yeah. years ahead of them, right? Yeah, because they, they have to clear they got the backlog. Those, they got all those planes to clear behind me. Yep. And Kusho, it's a lot. Like, uh, I mean. That's over 400, right? Yeah. This is they a have clo- to fix. This is a closed runway that's here. They have yep. parking lots that they've, uh, that they've used. Um, so yeah, it's, it's and not just in the northwest; it's all over the country. It's all over the San Antonio, country. I believe, has some yeah. in Texas. Yep, I mean, and um, at at the where is that? Um, Victorville United. and Palmdale yep. and all yep. these other locations. <laughs> and United United, they were storing them in at Hobby. I don't know if they've moved them. I don't know, uh, but yeah, they had about seven seven of them stored in Hobby. Oh. Uh, if you go down by the 1940 air terminal, uh, you can look across the fence and you can mm. see them. That's where they had them. Excuse me. So they're all over the place. Um, come on, Boeing, get it together, please. Uh, this this, no. this kind of stupid thing should not be happening. I mean, although, you know, when you have new types, you, you realize stuff down the road that things need to be fixed, which is normal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, get But remember, this is a brand new way of assembling and producing aircraft. It is, it is. What an incredible plane it is. Does Airbus do a similar company? You know, that was what what I wanted to bring up and I forgot until you mentioned it. Okay. That why haven't we heard of any issues with the 350? That is the equivalent product from Airbus. Yeah. Could they have gotten their act together so quickly? I don't know. Yeah, or they haven't (laughs) cut they haven't cut as many corners. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure if the 350 has as much composite percentage as the 787. I believe it does, but I'm not 100% certain. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, because the, the new 777-9 and 8 have a fully composite wing. I know that. Yeah. So hopefully Boeing straightened that out. Because special. God knows they have the time to now. <laughs> That yeah, so many carriers have pushed back delivery. Yeah, but you know, it's um, can you imagine the pressure? Yep. Uh, because you know, you know, in yep. the U.S., it's all about blaming somebody, right? Somebody yep. has to be the fall guy, and so um, it's probably a lot of pressure on the managers to get the lines running. Mm. And in the meantime, but no, I blame the, the Max debacle purely on Boeing. Purely. Well, they yes, yes. I mean, took shortcuts, and it blew shortcuts. up in their face. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Senseless shortcuts. 
Yeah, you take shortcuts. But, the thing is, though, a lot of companies uh, do make those shortcuts because a lot of products that we buy today, they're terrible. But not a, they're not life and death like aircraft, right? They are not life and death. Agreed. And they're not as Agreed. complex. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I oh. understand the need to save money. Um, but when, when that affects your core product yep. and, um, and you know that trying to save money this way is going to cause issues down the road, or you go, yeah, we'll go back. And but see, people it. don't think like that. No, they Clearly, don't. right? Yeah. For the max, yep. they thought Boeing, they could get away with it. And even in software development, um, it's the same, you know, cause I've done a bunch of that. Um, you develop something and then they're like, yeah, we're going to go back and fix it later. And they never do because so many things end up happening and you're like well we have a thousand things on the list and you have to prioritize stuff right and then the boss will come in and go well you need to fix this and of course that's what you're going to do when you know that that is number zero on the or one thousand on the list yeah. that you have and i have you know 999 things before this one thing but because the boss wants it fixed i go and i fix it like even when you look at the ios the apple phone mm -hmm. uh, software updates there never used to be bugs right but now it's almost unheard of where a new release goes through without some sort of fix being required uh, down the road well i use a samsung so i don't oh. have that issue well excuse me i <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no but i show you paying because samsung just sent out a huge update like uh maybe three or four days ago and but we're uh, getting sidetracked uh, no, it's okay. It's you know, it's the same. It's the same idea, right? But uh, I I I totally hear you. Um, you don't really expect, but you know what? It's it's because there is so much competition, right? And everybody's trying to yep. work with each other. And then when you're rushing, and we know how that works, when you're rushing, your brain skips stuff. You know, it's like, and and you can be look because like the funny thing is that so, um, I left my phone and I couldn't find it. And uh, I looked everywhere and it was on this ledge that is the same color as the phone. It's black and the screen of the phone is black. And when I put it next to it, it just blends right in. And there was nothing to tell me the difference. So it's the same thing with, you know, with the manufacturing stuff. It's like things just blend right in and you see it, but you don't see it. And then, you know, later when it's too late is when, is when you actually oh. quote unquote see it. All right. Anyway. anyway. That's the last story we have, right? Yes. All right, in aircraft. All right, so this was the aircraft episode dedicated to the 737 MAX, <laughs> 8-9, or whatever they're gonna be calling it. Um, the good thing is it's back in the air and, uh, and hopefully it'll stay in the air. Um, I won't have any, uh, won't have any issues. Um, and like I said, people are gonna fly because they have no idea what they're flying. Anyway, they just buy by shop by price. So this has been episode number 58 uh, of What's Happening in Travel. Remember, we are on Spotify and we are on Google. And basically, wherever there's a podcast, we're on there, thankfully. And thank you for the downloads. We appreciate that. And, and it's December 30th, by the way. So we're talking very, very recent uh, events. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, well, because it is what's it's. Maybe we should call it what happened in travel. <laughs> uh, no, because we're talking about stuff that are right there. And this episode will probably go out within a few days, uh, hopefully before the year ends. All right. Um, that's Thank it. you for listening. And yes. 
So I'm here. Until next buddy. time. Until next time, indeed. And uh, so I'm Kerwin. I'm signing off. And my buddy. For sure. All right. We'll talk soon.